Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, traditionally, on holidays, I start off with just a series of the worst jokes you've ever heard in your entire life. Yeah, that's right, Pastor Jason. He actually sent me the list this year. No, um, no so I was looking at, I did find some good ones this year, and I, I chuckled, uh, but I'm going to spare you. I'm going to spare you this year. Uh, we're going to do something else. We're going to try something different. Because the whole idea is I want to get you kind of loosened up, right? I, I don't want you to sit you know, like as stoic as possibly could be. You hear the best joke in the world and smile just as loud as you can, right? Um, maybe even a smirk. I don't know. Uh, so we're going to do a little game. It's called Either Or. And the way this is going to work is I'm going to give you two things, and I'm gonna, you're going to point as to which one you prefer. You don't have to stand up. You don't, all you have to do is move your arm and point, okay? Pretty simple. Well, you can follow along. Hopefully, this doesn't cause any uh, civil wars in your home or anything. Okay, first question. When eating a chocolate bunny, do you start with the ears or the tail? Ears or tail? I want to see those arms going. Some of you aren't even paying attention already. Guys, I just started the sermon. All right. Cadbury's. Which one is better, mini eggs or cream eggs? See, I'm, I'm a mini guy. I love the, those mini, that hard, ooh, that's the guy goes, the Cadbury's in general, just amazing. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, the black jelly beans. Are you for them or against them? That's what I thought. Everybody's looking over this direction, yeah. There is no in-between on this one. There is no, everybody must have an opinion when it comes to the black jelly beans. All right, we're going to leave, we're going to kind of branch out to different holidays here. Which one is better, Peeps or candy corn? Peeps or candy corn. I am, especially those mellow cream pumpkins, that is my, oh, I love those. All right, uh, let's say, which one's better, Easter ham or Thanksgiving turkey? We had somebody in the earlier service who was just like, yeah, all of it. <laughs> Feast. All right, now this last one, it's a little theological, okay? It's a little academic even. Do you say, alleluia or hallelujah? Oh, more hallelujahs than I thought in this one. Technically, hallelujah is right for what it's worth. But hallelujah is acceptable. It's just kind of over time. It's adopted different things. So with that in mind, which way you point on that last one? Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. <laughs> or hallelujah. Either way, it works. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this chance to gather together to celebrate the risen Lord, to celebrate the empty tomb. Lord, I pray that you would focus us on you. Lord, I thank you for the chance to share your message. Let it be your message. Move me out of the way, Lord. I submit myself to your Holy Spirit. What I wrote down matters nothing compared to what you want to say. And so give us the courage, each of us, to submit ourselves to you, that you may speak to us in truth and in love. We pray all these things through your Son, Jesus, in his name. Amen. Again, special welcome to those of you watching online. It is great to have you with us, whatever day you may be watching this. Now, some of you who've been here for the whole service, watching online, a whole service, whatever, um, the gospel reading, maybe you're like, hold on, that's the wrong one. <laughs> that's not the one that I know. Where, where's the part with the, the, they see him and the gardener and the tomb and the whole thing? This, is the, this was the wrong gospel reading. Well, it's interesting. Because the Gospels, obviously, they all tell the Easter story. But each one, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they all kind of focus on different things, different parts of the story. It's not like Christmas where Luke is kind of the go-to Christmas one that everybody kind of accepted, like, that's the one to read. When it comes to Easter, any of them have valuable points. For me, like, I really like the Gospel of John mostly because John, who wrote it, mentions that John won the race to the tomb. 
I love, like, it's the pettiest thing. Like, <laughs> I'm faster than you, boy. Like, I'm, <laughs> okay. Uh, I love that he includes that. Like, okay, cool. Um, and maybe for you, you, you like the part where, where they mistake Jesus for the gardener. Like, there, there may be different parts that speak to you. What we're going to do today is we're going to look at the full tapestry of the Easter story. We're looking at it over all four Gospels. You probably know the story, right? Because I think from the Gospel story, from the Easter story, from the account of, of Easter Sunday and the resurrection, and, and really the couple days afterwards, um, there are three things, not that we can learn, but three things that we can do. Three action items that we can take to bring from this story. The first comes from the aforementioned, uh, the, there, Jesus was surrounded by people, right, throughout his ministry. Um, people who were very close to him throughout the three years that he was teaching. Some of them gave up their, their entire livelihood to follow him. This was big. They, they knew this guy. If anybody knew Jesus, they knew him. And yet, twice... After he went, was resurrected, after he, the tomb was empty, people uh, who were close to him encountered him and didn't recognize him. And I find that to be fascinating. Again, the, the women who were in the tomb, they thought he was the gardener. But then the disciples, the disciples who should know better, they encountered him on the road and they had a literal conversation about Jesus with Jesus, not knowing he was Jesus. And so the first action item that we can kind of have that we can take from this is open your eyes and ears. Open your eyes and ears. Because here's the deal. When you look at the world that we live in, it is so easy to see pain, to see sorrow, to see frustration. It's so easy to see how things are broken. You turn on the news and every single day there's a new breaking news segment about some atrocity, some tragedy, some terrible thing that has occurred. And it's not diminishing any of those. And we certainly do live in a broken world. But remember that for those news stations, right, atrocity brings attention. Turmoil brings attention. And their whole idea, whether it be the news stations or the politicians or whatever, they recognize that chaos craves a savior. And they want to create chaos. They want to say and point out how bad things are around you and create this sense of urgency, this sense of emergency within you. And then they would love to go, hey, guess who knows the answer? Guess who can help you out? But you notice every politician, they will tell you they know how to fix things, but you know, we just can't do it because of the other guy. We just can't do it because of the other side. If only we could do this, but you know, they won't let us. It's almost like they get all the way to saving the day and then uh, just stop short. Which is smart for them, manipulative by them, because as long as you have that emergency, as long as you see those atrocities, as long as you have this sense of things falling apart around you, you'll still need them to be your savior. I once read that Coca-Cola was specifically designed so that even after you finish it, you're still thirsty. That's politicians. That's the news stations. So when, it, when I say open your eyes and ears, what I'm talking about is look for God. Look for the good in this world. Look for the things that are worth fighting for, for things that are beautiful, things that are full of joy, things that are full of compassion and love. See how God is at work in this world and in your life. Look for the things that inspire you. Mr. Rogers said, look for the helpers. Look for the ones who are compassionate. 
Open your eyes and see how God is at work in your life. See the good things. See, those, the, the women who were in the tomb, they were too focused on the distractions. They were too focused on their sorrow. They were too focused on trying to figure out where did Jesus go, and he's standing right there. Sometimes in our life, God is standing right there, but we are too focused on the distractions and the chaos. But sometimes, it's not that we can't see them. It's that we won't. It's that we're overlooking it. It's that we don't want to see it. Which leads me to my second action item. Open your heart. First one, open your eyes and ears. See the good in the world. See how God is at work. The second is open your heart. I'm reminded of Thomas. One of Jesus' disciples, he had given up his livelihood. He walked alongside Jesus. He changed his entire life to follow Jesus. Believed in his message. Believed in his mission. And then on Good Friday, it all came crumbling down. He thought it was done. He thought he had wasted his life. He thought he had ruined his life. He felt abandoned. He felt betrayed. He felt alone, confused, and hurt. And so he said, I will not believe again. Not again. We do this too. We experience hurts and pains, and we isolate ourselves. We build up the walls. We close ourselves off. We circle the proverbial wagons. We say, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to be in this friendship anymore. You run from commitment. You hide from things that might mean change because I may not like where I'm at, but at least I know where I'm at, and I'm scared of what might be different. You maybe even create a, a stronghold against faith. You see what the church has done throughout history. You see how Christians treat people, and you say, no, I don't want any part of that. And you have built these fortresses around your heart. You're trying to protect yourself. But by protecting yourself from hurt, by surrounding yourself with just yourself, by abandoning the world and the community around you, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're hurting yourself by isolating yourself. Open your heart. Let trust be rebuilt. And maybe you're thinking, no, 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 see, that it's too hard. I can't possibly do it. I'm scared to. I'm fine right where I am. Abraham Maslow of Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs says this, if you deliberately plan on being less than you are capable of being, then I warn you that you'll be unhappy for the rest of your life. Open your heart. Maybe you're looking around, you're like, I, I don't see good. You told me to look for the good. I don't see the good around you. Well, create it. You're a person too, right? Every single interaction you're a part of. You have some role in that interaction. You have some opportunity to bring something positive into this world. It won't always work. It won't always be easy. But we as Christians have a responsibility to follow Christ, right? To follow Jesus who didn't get his following, didn't get his fame, didn't get his influence by hanging out in royal courts blessing only those who were high in the social ladder. He didn't just sit in the temple and wait for people to come to him. No, he went out into the streets. He went out and to find the people, ordinary, everyday people. He went to the very places that we are every single day. He was there in the car circles and the soccer fields. He was there in the break room and having drinks after work. He was there in the cafeteria and in the nursing home lobby. He was there at the homeless shelters and on the street corners. That's where Jesus went 
to bring good into this world. And we have a responsibility to do that as well, to bring compassion, to bring joy, to help to turn the tide against chaos, against the forces of darkness, to bring light into people's lives. Now, maybe you're sitting there thinking, no, 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 not me. Like, that's good for somebody else, but preacher, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know the hurts and the traumas of my life. That's the third thing. Open the tomb. Open the tomb in your soul. Open that place where you have taken those hurts and those traumas, those wounds that are real. They are legitimate. I'm not telling you to overlook them or ignore them. But you've taken them and you've pushed them so deep down inside. Inside that fortress, you have made a tomb in your very soul. And when you put wounds and trauma in a tomb, it rots and decays and decomposes and it becomes anger. It becomes hate. It becomes resentment. It manifests in ways that add more pain and wounds to this world. Open the tomb. Let the fresh air in. Let the light in. It's not going to be easy, but nothing that is good is. Open the tomb. See, you may be, ah, that, that's too difficult. That's, that's scary for me. Well, the women, as they approached that tomb, were terrified. They were full of despair. They were desolate, thinking this is it. Our story's over. But the tomb was empty. Maybe you're thinking, listen, I don't have the strength to do this. You're asking a lot of me, preacher man. Well, the women, as they were approaching the tomb, what, did they, what were their concerns? Were they thinking they were going to, to find an empty tomb? Were they thinking they were going to find a miracle? No, they were saying, hey, we can't roll this stone away. <laughs> it's too big. It's too heavy. It's too much for us. We're too weak. But the stone was already rolled away. My friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that tomb in your soul full of wounds, full of hurts, the stone is already rolled away. God is already at work. The Holy Spirit is at work in you right now. Something brought you here today. Something made you step into this place today to hear this message, made you stop online to watch just this moment. The Holy Spirit is at work in you right now. And I pray that he can help you to heal, that he can help you to begin that process of rebuilding yourself, of emptying out that tomb, rebuild your trust, rebuild your faith. It's a long process. It's not overnight. But the Holy Spirit is working at you right now. Open your eyes and ears. Open your heart because the tomb is empty and Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. I pray that God blesses you to have the strength to see the good in this world, to see how God is at work in and through you. I pray that you can begin the process of healing, that you would have the courage to open your heart to trust again, or at least begin to trust again. I pray that you can take that tomb full of hurts and trauma, full of wounds, and you can begin emptying that, begin processing that, begin finding a community around you as the Holy Spirit does his work in you and through you. And I pray that you can know that no matter what your past was, it's your past. It's done. It's gone. We are forgiven through the work of Jesus Christ. We are set free by his sacrifice. That's why we celebrate. I pray that you know the power of Easter 
and what it means that the tomb is empty and Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.